Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture and films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. Son of a bitch. Yeah, are you ready to talk about <laughs> We're still Disney, in 85. Disney gone wrong? <laughs> I know. We're back, though. We're here, everyone. This is happening. Welcome back to Disney. I'm sorry that we lied to you about being done with 1985. Yeah. We almost take responsibility for that, and it probably will happen again. I'm just going to be honest. We're not sorry, but we are, but not really. But it is still 1985. I think the fact that it's Disney made us feel like it also was the end of 85. We were just so ready to move on. So ready from this year, even though it's been obviously a great year. In it summer. has, yeah. But this is actually the end. Yeah, I'm I'm just being negative. It really has been a, a pretty awesome year. 1985 has been really good to us as far as movies. Yeah. And 86 is about to be good to us too. The whole rest of It's very true. I think the rest of the timeline is about to treat us good folks after tonight, after tonight, because 1980 went out or 1985 went out on a, uh, a horrible fart in the wind. Like it's Kinda this was really, yeah. we're here to talk Ooh. about the Black Cauldron. Oh, my God, dude. Literally, if you guys aren't aware, this movie literally is called the movie Disney tried to bury and the movie Disney that almost killed Disney. But yeah, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Black Cauldron. Uh, directed by Ted Berman and Richard Rich, the film is based on the novel series The Chronicles of Pridane by Lloyd Alexander and was adapted into a screenplay by David Jonas and Vance Gary or Jerry. I actually, Parks and Rec has ruined my pronunciation of that word. It's G-E-R-R-Y, so I don't know if it's Jerry or Gary. I'm saying Gary. It's Jerry. Um, is it Jerry? All right, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Just like with NeverEnding Story, the Black Cauldron is literally filled to the brim with completely unknown people. Like, except for probably two. The biggest person that's in this movie is John Hurt. And for those of you who do not know who he is, so basically I'm just talking to Lindsay right now. Yeah, I'm like... It's Ollivander. Did you know I don't know names? Oh, no shit! Yeah, it's also Hellboy's dad. Thank you for putting that into a context that I understood. You're welcome. I, You know what? I got you. Um, he is the voice of the horned king. Like, sure. <laughs> um, and then you're not going to know this one, but I would I would love you forever. I mean, I will anyway, but I would love you forever if you knew who I'm talking about. But the other one is Arthur Mallet, who is the voice of King Idleg is, of, of the fair folk, the little fairy dude that helps them like travel through the cave in the midway of the movie. I don't know this guy. So he plays Toodles in Hook, the guy who loses his marbles. I don't know Hook well enough. Mm-hmm. I as you you'll know, know him as soon as I point action, him out in the movie. Yeah, I know. I'm like when I I don't know it well enough off the top of my head to know who you're talking about. But okay, sure, one of the guys from Hook. That yes. that's fair enough. That's someone who would have been reasonably famous-ish. But yeah, there's there's like not a lot of uh, yeah well-known talent in this movie, shall we no. say? And um, to be honest, most of the people who did voice characters in this did not go on to do shit afterwards. Well, I'm not surprised. This this right here, folks, is a career killer. So 
the black <laughs> black cauldron in the disney timeline too um yeah. it's been a while since we've revisited the disney timeline so because and not because disney hasn't put anything out but it's been a little slow i think we mentioned last week that the movie that came before this was the fox and the hound in 1981 so it has been a hot minute this is only the second film of the 80s for Disney. And before that was Pete's Dragon in 77 and The Rescuers as well. So it's been a it's been a minute. We are now into the Dark Age, though. Uh, we're and we've been in the Dark Age since after the Jungle Book. Basically, right? Silver yeah, Age ends with the Jungle much. Book. Silver Age ended with the Jungle Book. Yeah, so Robin Hood, The Rescuers, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Pete's Dragon, all of this is the Disney Dark Age, Fox and the Hound as well. Um, And this is not the last Disney movie of the Dark Age. That's going to go all the way through Oliver and Company in 1988. Which we're not covering because I can't do it, guys. Hell fucking no, we're not. (laughs) I can't can't fucking do it, guys. I have never met a person alive or probably dead. That has ever said Oliver and Company is their favorite Disney movie. And I genuinely just feel like you should get out more if it is. Yeah, it's not. I God help me. I, that's not a movie that I enjoy. Watch and the actual real Oliver instead. The 1963 musical Oliver. Mm-hmm. Watch that instead. Yeah, It's better. Go to your kid's high school performance. It's oh, yeah. Seriously. Go to any high school in your fucking, in your fucking county. You're in luck. Yeah, no, that movie's not my favorite. And and it continues with our very weird unspoken agreement not to do any of the animal movies. I don't know what is going on. It's not a trend I foresaw. This was, yeah, and it was this. not like a thing that we agreed on. Like we weren't like, hey, you want to start a podcast? Cool, but no animals. Awesome. Shake my hand. That, yeah. that, that never happened. No. And like we're going to do obviously like The Lion King, for instance. Like it's not yeah, like. Yeah, we have to. But we're not going to do Oliver and Company. And we didn't do The Fox and the Hound. And I just, I do want to take a moment to address that I know that it's fucking weird that we didn't do The Fox and the Hound, but we're doing The Black Cauldron. But there it is, folks. There it is. I think it's because this literally is such a catastrophe of a movie. But it also is like one of those things where it's like, dude, I love The Black Cauldron, but I love it for how shitty it is. Yeah. And I... I don't know. I think it's also because like, at least for me, I've for sure seen the Fox and the Hound more than the Black Cauldron and like more viscerally remember how much I hate it. Oh, me too. Whereas this, I was like, who knows? Like it's, you know, it's been 30 years. Maybe it's fine. <laughs> like it's, it's not. It wasn't. No, it really wasn't. Um, but so that's where we're at in the, in the Disney timeline. And in terms of after this, um, we are going to have the great mouse detective actually next week. Right? No. No, next week. No, week after next. It's week after next. Next week is Top Gun. Yeah, I think it's because I may not be on Top Gun that I'm thinking that it's correct. Yeah, sorry, guys. You're stuck with me again. I know how well that went on The Breakfast Club. (laughs) (laughs) You guys talked about the movie for like a whole seven minutes. Seven minutes. (laughs) And then I learned about all of. Yeah, never mind. Anyway, go listen to that episode. It's all right, guys. Scott will get on some kind of wild tangent on Top Gun, but I'll be back keep us on track in the great mouse detective the following the great week mouse detective. the great mouse detective i can't wait so um and then after that who framed roger rabbit and then we're into the rest uh the renaissance so we're getting there on disney which is really nice we're close we're, almost there. we're close guys we're doing this for you mm-hmm. um 
but yeah, in case you guys want to actually know what this movie is about, if you, cause honest to God, there are a lot of people who just have not seen this. Cause again, it is that like movie Disney tried to bury. So people just don't know about it. They're like, Oh yeah, I've heard about that. It's, I shudder to compare it to Song of the South because Song of the South has never been seen by people for very no, different reasons. Different, yeah. But I get you on like movies that people are like, what? Right. Like this is one of those movies that comes up in like board games, like where exactly. it's like, obscure Disney movies, like which of the following is is not a Disney movie and the Black Cauldron is your trick answer. It's like, yeah, it's the like trap door or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, no, that actually is one. And people are like, what? I've never. Yeah. So it's like the most obscure shit in Disney. But please do read us a summary of this. This absolute fucking disaster. This complete disaster. Um, Beset by his master, Dalbin, young pig farmer Tarin, or Taryn, because it's pronounced both ways in the movie. An imaginative <laughs> young boy longing for excitement is sent off on his own adventure when he is charged with protecting the mystical future-telling pig Henwin from the vile clutches of the malevolent horned king who seeks a demonic cauldron powerful enough to resurrect the dead and bring about the annihilation of all mankind. And if you think that the movie is going to give you any more information than exactly that, folks, you're wrong. Honestly, most of my research is what allowed me to write that plot. <laughs> like, like it's like that's all we know about the world and we're going to talk yeah. about it at length. But to be clear, that is all the detail we get. If you're thinking, I can't wait for Lindsay and Scott to explain to me why there's a future telling pig or who the fuck Dobbin is or why he has terror what have makes parents. him special yep. or yeah, what it, what the war is. You're not going to find out. This is all we know. We're doing our best <laughs> with very little here. And obviously, because we do it to you and we do it for you, you can only stream this on Disney Plus. So this is you're never going to find this anywhere else. And I would be shocked if well, no, see, I'm not going to say that because Disney Plus exists. They're going to keep all of their vaulted shit in there forever. So I'm not going to say it's going away anytime soon, but don't expect people to be like, it's a celebration of the Black Cauldron or whatever. It's not offensive enough to have to it go isn't. anywhere. There's no warning on it, right? There's no. I mean, well, we'll talk about. We'll. We're actually. I won't go out of order on it. You know what? Let's jump into the timeline. Let's indeed jump into the timeline. It is 1985, in fact. We lied. <laughs> um, and I'm running out of fun facts about 1985. So in in a world where a lot of really good movies came out, so did the Care Bear movie. <laughs> mm, if that wasn't a massive, massive part of my childhood. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, fascinatingly, so did Forrest Gump the book, which I have not Did not, not know read. it was a book until right did now. Did not know. Had no knowledge of this. Thought that was just Zemeckis being great. Had no idea. So, um, gonna have to probably check that out. Also, and just sort of impressed that, uh, you know, because Forrest Gump came out in the pretty early 90s, did it not? It's like the middle of the 90s, yeah. Yeah. Like... Like I think it was like 93 or 94. Yeah, it was like early enough that I didn't see it in theaters. Like I didn't see it when I came out. Yeah. Like, it felt old to me when I when it was out and like we would watch it. I don't know. I've we'll have to look. Maybe we'll go maybe we won't. Oh, there you go. Scott looked. 94. <laughs> Tracks. He's way more on track than I thought. 
Yeah, you really <laughs> actually really were. Um, so kind of cool that they made a movie 10 years later. Like, must have been kind of a popular book, right? Like, that's maybe something that's more interesting than I thought and should look at. I'm curious about. Um, as far as the, the Oscar goes for 88, I'm sorry, 85. 85. Brain. Um, mm-hmm. You're not, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> The we Black are not Cauldron. shitting you guys. The Black Cauldron didn't win an award. I'm mean, not shit you not. I would not fuck with you about this. They did not win anything. Nothing. <laughs> we would not shit you, Timeliners. Dude, no. okay, so like if, <laughs> one of the funniest things about this is if you go to Wikipedia, you can usually see at the bottom of most film uh, pages, like an accolades page. There isn't one for this. Like even movies that have won the Razzies, which if you guys are not familiar with the Razzies, it's like the opposite of the Oscars. It's for like shit movies and shit actors and shit. Halle Berry won Razzie for the worst actress when she did Catwoman. <laughs> so, yeah, she did, which I'm embarrassed to say I had a debate with my friends about this weekend. I was like, there was no Catwoman movie. Surely we would have discussed such a thing on our review of the Batman. We didn't know. Like it just completely was so bad that it was wiped out of my brain. God bless you. <laughs> Your forgetfulness. I was I like, no. You. Surely we would have talked about that. We talked about all the other versions of Catwoman, but no, we didn't talk about no. that on our episode because it is that bad. Again, we would not do that to you guys. No, we just, it's even really, though here we are. Shouldn't even bring her up. So, <laughs> yeah, so nothing, nothing for this movie. And this I found really interesting that it wasn't even released on home video until 1998. Because it's just like how garbage it is. How awful it was. They're like, fuck that, dude. Like, this should never see the light of day again. <laughs> well, and so doesn't that track, though? Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Because nobody has, not only like why it wasn't released, but why that like millennials don't know this movie, because it wasn't out when we were growing up. Like, I know we were still young in 98. We were, I was 11. So I wasn't like, at 11, I wasn't like, oh my God, the new shitty Disney movie no one's ever heard of. Like, because <laughs> yeah, you know, no one like advertised it was coming out. No one was like, coming out of the vault. The, like, the Black the movie you, Your parents wish they hadn't seen. Like, oh no, that shit did not happen. Like, nah. it just was kind of like, oh, by the way. It just, I, and I remember seeing it as a kid. So we must have gotten it. Like it must have been, but I thought that I saw it like way younger and I'm yeah. like, now how? Like, I feel like when I saw this, I was like four years old. So how? I feel like I, I had it? to have seen it on like ABC or something like this a special Saturday, viewing this Saturday TV. or whatever. Yeah. It had to have been on TV at some it point. It must have been that because I'm like, why at 11 would I have wanted the fucking DVD of the Black Cauldron? Like I remember getting the special editions of like the movies I saw. Oh yeah. Like, I had the I diamond real. edition of them. Actually, I think I still have the diamond edition of uh, Sleeping Beauty and Beauty and the Beast. I do a Cinderella and Little Mermaid. Oh, that's fucking dope. Yeah. So you have the ones I don't have. All right. Yeah. Oh, God. Love me some Ariel. Oh, soon. Anyway, this was not that. Um, And against all the titans of film released in the same year, I mean, we've had Back to the Future and, like, even The Breakfast Club. Like, this thing did not This made no money. No money. (laughs) When I tell you guys earlier in the episode that there was a reason this movie is called the movie that almost killed Disney... This film ended up costing $44 million to make to date. Up to this point, it was the most expensive project Disney Studios had ever produced. And it made, across the globe, $21.3 million back. And that's probably... Is that ever? Or is that actually in the box oh, office? Just, like no, that's box just box office. office. I have no idea what it's made since then, but it's probably not much more. Probably like another $15 of like one or yeah. two people bought the Diamond Edition. and You and me, on. basically. Yeah. <laughs> 
our Disney Plus subscriptions were the first viewers on that movie. Mm -hmm. They're like, there's a bet. Yeah, that like, huge reaction like people watching this what the fuck? <laughs> the, yeah disney plus studio like metrics just blew up when we turned it on holy shit oh god it was not great and and a big part of why it didn't do well and why it's like so weird is how dark the tone is like oh yeah what the fuck it was so it, but i found this weird it was like it had a really dark tone but it also didn't have half of the adult elements that the other movies had had no it literally so and i'll get into this a little bit later but one of the things that most people who do know about this movie know is there is actually a deleted scene when the cauldron born are created if you watch the movie all that happens is like the the human soldiers that follow the horn king when they're watching the cauldron born you know come to life three cauldron born jump out of the pit and just tackle the dudes off screen. And it's implied that they kill them. Obviously, because uh, Ilanwi is just like, oh my god. Ugh. There's a deleted scene that actually showed what happened to those guys. And even being touched by the Cauldron Born taught or like uh, forced, like it caused these guys' like skin to boil and break out in like hives and like melt away and shit. And then they in turn are resurrected as cauldron born. And there's a scene you can find it on YouTube um, of that scene. And it is fucking disgusting. It I'm like, dude, this makes so much sense why this shit didn't get like released and why this was Disney's first PG uh, animated film. And that's what blows my mind a little bit and why I mention it not having those other adult elements. Like there's no smoking, for instance, right? Or drinking. None or... at all. There is drinking. There's quite a large amount of drinking. Is there drinking? When we, yeah, there, when we first get to the Horn King's castle. Yeah. I mean, but it's not, nobody, it's not like. Um, it's not like they're drunk and throwing up and shit. It's just like, like the oh, minstrel. they have beer. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking about the minstrel and like Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Like some yeah, of the characters, or the, the guy in Robin Hood, where there's like a, a focus on, hey, they're wasted or in Pinocchio. No. You they're know, just so there's drinking. a lot of these like adult things aren't there, and somehow those movies were all rated G. And that's pretty crazy. Like, mm. shame on you, 1940. Like, Pinocchio was so much worse than this. Oh, I know. It seriously was. And honest to God, guys, like, I promise we'll get... I have an answer for why all this stuff is like this. Um, It just... I want to get through this stuff as we maintain, like, our normal structure and shit. But there is a legitimate reason for this. Um, and a large part of it is behind the scenes it literally has it has nothing to do with the story which by the way i forgot to mention this earlier um that if anybody is is fans of reading or like high fantasy first of all this is the best example of how not to handle a high fantasy book because the chronicles of Pradane is nothing like this movie they are not the same at all like lloyd alexander walked out of this theater going I don't even know why you called this the Black Cauldron. All you did was use names from my book. I mean, that being said, he did enjoy the movie as a movie. Like, it was just a popcorn flick for him or whatever. But no, this was not in any way mirroring his work at all. Yeah, I have a lot to say about about that element of this. <laughs> like, how it's not good. But so let's, let's get into that because 
there's nothing in the parks. Disney wants to forget this, and no, thank God there are no sequels or remakes. Yeah, not at all. There has never been a remake. There's never even been a talk about doing it again. Yeah. Uh, no, well, I'll talk nothing. about that a little bit in ratings. Ooh. I have a couple comments on that because there is there is scuttle about that um, about a remake of this and like a live action reboot potential. So as we go through that discussion, let's keep that in the back of our minds because I will discuss that idea in ratings of doing a live action remake of this. Tell us about the trouble behind the curtain. Yeah. In order for us to understand why this movie was such a failure, we need to understand basically what was going on. Um, at the time, in 1984, the entirety of the Walt Disney Company management was being redone. It was it was bringing in new work. You had Jeffrey Katzenberg coming in as the new uh, chairman of Walt Disney Studios. You had um, Michael Eisner as the newly installed CEO. And you had all these like varying opinions. And so basically what ended up happening was this mil this movie had been in production for the majority of 1984. And it was originally slated to release in Christmas of 1984. I cannot imagine who put this down and was like, yeah, Christmas sounds like a great idea for this movie. I don't right? like there's why who the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so dumb. So basically what ended up happening after Jeffrey Katzenberg arrived. Which I have to pause to say, do we hate Katzenberg? No, or is it's it Eisner. Eisner that we hate? We like Katzenberg, yeah. It's Eisner, and I'll tell you why yeah, after this. Please because it please does do. make it sound like Katzenberg is the one we should hate. Well, it's not even in the context of this movie, it's just in the context of the greater history of Disney and like how shit's been handled. I and I didn't look it up. I just was like, which one of these guys is an asshole? I <laughs> one of them was the worst, right? And I'm pretty sure yes. it was Eisner. It's and Michael Eisner. Yes. Okay. All right. Please go on. Cause I was like, one of these guys is the fucking worst. Which one is mm -hmm. like? <laughs> No, yeah, and you're totally right. And it it does come up. Um, it is a major <laughs> it's a major reason why Katzenberg is a is a well known name. Um, but basically what happened was when newly installed chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, viewed the screening of the film, he hated it so much that he immediately called then producer Joe Hale and demanded that the movie be redone. Like, and that was not something that you did in that day. Like you, the movie was in post-production. Like you could not just go back in and be like, Hey, why don't you just redraw these scenes? Right. Yeah. It just, it didn't fucking happen. And so when Hale straight up refused, uh, shit you not, Katzenberg literally took the film roll into an editing bay by himself and began editing it on his own. And Joe Hale was just like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what is this nonsense happening like, right now? Like that's not in any way your job. Like there's very, very little crossover in the Venn diagram of like, what's Katzenberg's title? He's the fucking chairman. chairman. He literally shouldn't even chairman be in an editing editor? room ever. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't, that's insane. <laughs> Not a thing. So fucking tattletale Joe Hale gives fucking <laughs> Michael Eisner a jingle. And he's like, bro, you're never going to believe what the fuck is going down I'm right sorry, here. totally vindicated and wronged filmmaker Joe Hale. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, can I get some fucking help here, please? And Michael Eisner's like, hey, buddy, you can't be doing that shit. <laughs> so, right? He's like, can you get the fuck out of there? Yeah, he's like, can you, hey, we don't pay you to do that shit. <laughs> You're going to get hurt. That's how you get paper cuts. Stop. 
Um, but basically, he convinced Katzenberg to stop, but Katzenberg was like, and honestly, as I'm thinking about this, and as I was writing my notes, I literally just pictured this dude with 1980s glasses going, this is unbelievable, and just like <laughs> grabbed the roll off of the fucking projector before Joe Hale could even imagine what was happening. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like, it, so Katzenberg was like, bro, we got to get some of this shit out of here. Like this, we can't do this. And the biggest thing that he did was... Um, move it from a Christmas release to a July of 1985 release. And here's where all of the irony starts coming in. The film was met with such poor reviews and the things that were the catalyst and most primary portions of them was exactly what Katzenberg wanted to change. <laughs> they were, it was all the things that Katzenberg was like, this is going to fucking sink us. Yeah. We can, we cannot be doing this shit. Which I think some of this is why is this I have to I have to research this because I am really just making this up, but I'm trying to remember. I feel like that's one of the reasons that we like Katzenberg is because he approved a bunch of really good movies and like pushed through stuff that otherwise wasn't gonna happen, right? Like Katzenberg had like a good eye, right? Am I remembering this right? Or am I That's just very like, correct. And okay. so you are you are on the right path. Again, it's one of those things that people like know bits and pieces of, yeah, but they don't I'm know the whole put my story. On it. I have to like go back to it. But I know that Eisner was a douchebag. As soon as I, I get there, you'll be like, up. dude, what the fuck? We'll I have all the answers. And, and come back. Oh, you do? We'll talk. No, I do. I know everything about it. Oh. I saw your note earlier, so I was like, dude, let's go. Oh, good. Because I'm like, I can't remember and I didn't like go on. <laughs> no, you're fine. So the other ironic part about this was Katzenberg, remember, it was supposed to come out in, at Christmas time. If Katzenberg had not stepped in and done so, it would have become the only full-length disney animated feature to not only become pg-13 but it did border on rated r because of its visuals but as it stands it is the first pg rated disney film and the only animated disney film to receive the pg rating until dinosaur in 2000 yo so what is what other disney movies are pg after dinosaur Oh my god, there's tons of them. I'm pretty sure like all of the of Toy Stories right? after them are PG. Yeah, it has to I be hardcore say, animated Story to be G. Has to be right. Yeah, especially three. I'm almost positive that Toy Story is rated rated PG. Yeah, because everything up to which is bonkers. Because if you think about the crazy shit that we saw in the early '90s, the early and mid '90s, we saw Ursula get fucking impaled by a ship. We saw Scar get essentially devoured by hyenas yeah and there's we like... saw oh my god what's his name we saw clayton get hung <laughs> in tarzan or like but those are g okay is what's pocahontas rated that's g really dead dead serious wow i mean that's pretty crazy it's yeah. so the mpaa and we said this a couple episodes ago but the mpaa is literally just a bunch of moms <laughs> like I, angry right wait hang on i'm looking up pg disney movies i just it's, i see. guarantee you it's gonna so be it's nothing but 2000s stuff. yeah it's just the new stuff yeah it's all computer animated um lilo and stitch was pg i'm trying to see what goes that makes back. sense because there's guns yeah uh i'm trying to see if there's much yeah disney animated pg not much until 
it got computer animated at least. Wow. I mean, that's just, it's just shame on 1940, you know, like Pinocchio should have been rated R. Oh my God. It absolutely should have. I can stand by that. I just, that movie was ridiculous. I can't believe like where we are, but that's so it's I think it's more of a reflection on society than it is the movies, right? Oh like, yeah, it, I, it's it all this is. is some arbitrary bullshit. But like, for definite, um, I think that uh, oh, I lost Whenever my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I this movie earned it. I think is what I was trying to say. Um, I I, I agree. PG, no question. Um. <laughs> no okay so here let me before we move on to the next thing um the eisner katzenberg thing oh yeah please tell me give more information please towards the latter uh latter end of the 1990s um or no i apologize towards the middle of the 1990s um katzenberg had become fed up he was just fucking tired of it so he left along with i believe paul ohiva um to found a small indie production company that many might know as DreamWorks. Katzenberg did? Katzenberg founded DreamWorks. Oh my god, that's right. And this so maybe we don't like Katzenberg cuz didn't isn't this why there was the the ants versus uh So that's why there was Ants Z versus A Bug's Life, but the main like shot at Disney actually came from Shrek. Oh yeah, that's right. That was Katzenberg. <gasps> Oh, Lord Farquaad is a hundred percent based on Michael Eisner. Well, so everything I said before is wrong. Then that he was like that we like him because he piloted a bunch of good stuff at Disney, and he like so yes and no. Like he he supported and allowed for a lot of things to happen at Disney until he left. And the reason that we hate Michael Eisner is Michael Eisner became a power hungry, gotta have it all level dude. He cut corners in animation he stopped people from doing things that he felt were not going to be great ideas he continually um engaged in routine nepotism he was trying to get his own family in there he was trying to make it all about he wanted to be the next disney i mean he sunk the ship while pixar was coming up right basically and so it got taken when he was like forced out by the board they were like we don't know what the fuck to do right now like, we have no idea, which is why you had movies that became so popular like Shrek and Toy Story and Toy Soldiers and all of that shit. Even though Toy Story was Disney, we know that. But I'm just saying it was. Well, it was Pixar. I mean, Disney and Pixar were connected when Toy Story was made, but not but they the weren't they the same are thing. now. Yeah. No, that the relationship that they had was very different. Like Disney was the, if I'm correct. Um, the money. Well, Disney was the money, but they were the marketing. Like they were the, yeah. but Pixar was the production company, mm-hmm. and so Basically. it was like a different relationship. Now Pixar is part of Disney, the same way that Marvel or Star Wars are part of exactly. Disney. Pixar um, is just a studio they were their owned own by Disney. Studio, yeah. It was yeah. just that Marvel handled Marvel handled the um the marketing and the production the toys and stuff. or distribution yeah. yeah the distribution that's thank you that's what i'm looking for they were the distribution company and they handled all the toys like that's why um there were so many legal battles between disney and pixar because it was mm-hmm. like well we own the characters because we can but but also we don't and it was just like that's why they ended up ultimately kind of becoming part and parcel um but i will say 
uh, fuck you Disney right now and yay Pixar for standing up against them um, because all the shit that's going down right now with the don't say gay bill in Florida is like so ridiculous Um, it's very ridiculous yeah but yay Pixar for standing up and like being pissed because they're being pissed right now and good for Mm -hmm. them did you read their memo I need to Um, I ended up getting caught excuse me I got caught up at work today watching the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger address to Ukraine and the Russian people oh I didn't see it it was awesome. Oh, okay. I'll send it we'll to you when we're done here. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that later. Um, but no, but do, che- do check out the Pixar thing. Anyway, we're like way off track, but... Kind of. <laughs> but okay, that thank you. That clarifies the, the Katzenberg leaving for DreamWorks thing. That's what I was forgetting about. Yeah. That's some crazy shit. So we'll talk about that a lot when we get mm-hmm. there. Um, maybe we'll talk about Ants when we talk about Bugs Life. God, dude, and I love Antsy. That movie was so funny. I do too. That I thought the movie was great, but also, yeah, the stuff behind the scenes on that is pretty wild. We'll talk about that when we get there because I think we're gonna we're obviously covering Bugs Life. So um, that's gonna be a little ways out though. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, this movie is rated PG. It should be rated fucking R. And. Um, <laughs> The whole thing is is pretty terrifying, but a big takeaway immediately watching this is that we are still using the xerography. We are. This is actually one of the last movies to use it before we switched completely to digital. I think that I think not even sure to it was digital this, or not even to digital. No, it was. Um... We'll have to learn more about the new style and, and the transition they made when we get to the Little Mermaid. But this heavy pencil drawn animation that we talked about last in 101 dalmatians when we did the dalmatians extravaganza where you could like blink and you miss it but you can see through shit and like there's pencil scratches on stuff and yeah yeah and it was kind of developed to be able to do you know 101 dogs but (laughs) yeah (laughs) fucking that crazy i'm glad we did that one um but yeah it's it's called xerography because it's made with the xerox machine right that it's like it's like a photocopy it's i appreciate you changing the z to an x in the notes by the way i'm the only one that's gonna see that but i still love you for it it's spelled correctly further down i'm not a fucking (laughs) asshole it was a typo i'm not an idiot (laughs) the point is that it's just this movie and the great mouse detective before they sort it out and then we get the better animation in well okay that we're covering right again oliver and company exists um well an oliver and company (laughs) if i remember correctly that looks like shit too it does because it's still done with xerography and right. that's actually a cool comparison um if you guys really want to see like what the difference is here look up some images from oliver and company from the movie not from the newer like the cover on disney plus right where they've drawn it differently oh where they redo it yeah. yeah like the actual movie and then look at the little mermaid and see why people lost their fucking minds yeah. no i mean people lost their shit when the little mermaid came out because no one had ever seen anything like it. It was it's the it's as analogous to the Toy Story releases you can get, right? Where people are like, "What?" Because the, the animation fuck? changed yeah. so much. Yeah, looking at at those two movies is a great way to see how shitty xerography was. So this is happening for a while, and this is the only movie that I could think of looking at it that used xerography and the main characters were people, and it it does not work. Like mostly it's been Fox and the Hound, Robin Hood used it, uh, the 101 Dalmatians, uh, like Oliver and Company. But I'm like, this is really the only one where they they went with like human. Yeah, with like full. And it's just, dude, (laughs) I don't have words. I literally I don't. 
Oh yeah, that's the other one. I knew there was another one I was thinking of that also that's had the other one. We're not the other animal one that we're not the other animal the one. Yeah. Aristocats, which and I love cats, but fuck that movie. I was gonna say of all the people that should be wanting me to do this movie right now, it's Lindsay. But here we no are. Kidding, but I have no interest <laughs> in it at all. Anyway, um, so that that totally doesn't work, and then. What did you think about this with like the all these little proto characters? Like we're edging towards the Renaissance, right? Like you could feel we're us like right there. there. Yeah, like we're like right on the cusp. And I'm like, oh my god, can I just like first of all, I have been waiting all week to say this. Fuck, Gergi, dude. Fuck, fuck Gergi. this piece of shit, little. Oh all the way to death furry golem thing i dude all those munchins and crunchins i'm like fuck you dude (laughs) this is awful i hate it i hated listening to him i oh my god dude there's somebody's infringing on copyright right there because that thing was like and it's like oh for sure precious and like i can't do the golem voice but it's yo oh my god that's right dude yeah he's like he's like master i can't do it you have to do it i need you to keep trying though because it's so goddamn funny master you have to come this way master with preciouses i can't yeah it's it's terrible he calls the apple preciouses that's right oh my god i don't does he actually i don't know if he says i'm pretty sure he does he definitely said master and he definitely is like leading them and he's like come this way like and he like uh in the end when he comes back to life and he's like touch me and i wanted to die (laughs) i was like i am the fuck out literally i thought i was like is the movie over (laughs) (laughs) like he actually says touch me oh my god I, I completely it. forgot that shit. Dude, I'm Yo, fucking dead right now. Thank I God like, I just put my cup down. I was like, <laughs> I'm shit. done. I, I was like, I was like, how many minutes are left because I'm about to just turn it off? I can't like I, this I is the first did. movie that like legit I almost just walked out of. More so than never ending story. In that moment, I was just like, no. <laughs> Bro, I'm gonna tell you honestly, like he he annoyed me, but the part that almost made me like, why am I still watching this? And we I should have touched on it a minute ago when we were talking about the ratings, but there for no reason at all honestly other than just we know for a fact it is documented that disney artists are perverts um there there is no fucking reason that the third witch or orga should uh-huh, have mim, had the third madam mim yeah yeah that one of the mims yeah any of the well yeah i mean the one doesn't talk with them i actually kind of like them mim with the tits yeah i mean it they weren't the worst but okay Go on. I have thoughts. No, I just holy shit, man. The fact that the, someone sat there and animated uh Gurgi falling in and out of her her tits, it was so ridiculous. It surprised me 0%. I'm like, what it what are we doing? Yeah, I was like, nope, that totally tracks. That's exactly what like I it felt like very 1985. I was like, yeah. And by the way, guys, what I mean sense. by like we know that Disney animators are perverts any so it's it was in i can't remember what documentary it was it might have been the pixar one every movie has some sexual thing in it that's in the renaissance so yeah yeah some sexual reference in in most of the movies everyone knows the joke about like dude she's got an ass like a pixar mom like everyone knows that shit yeah that's correct actually that is actually very correct yeah yeah invisigirl is no elastigirl elastigirl is thick yeah all right anyway um go on red (laughs) yes there was 
Yeah, um, yeah man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, as a woman, I'm not at all surprised that they spent like most yeah. of this, the end of this movie the with budget him crawling in and out of her tits. Yeah, the whole budget went to her tits. No, yeah, but that was very, um, that was, was sort weird. of the, the, yeah, I'm like, I get why this movie <laughs> again was pg but it was very um so they reminded me the three mims first of all were definitely madam mim like the three witches oh 100 absolutely they also actually are like the three fates um and then the three witches from Macbeth, and of course like all of the all the ways that that's played on in in fiction but, i mean we um, see them again as the fates in hercules which is one of my favorite disney so movies so that's we will what be back. i was going to say um that the these guys are like a proto version of that. Mm-hmm. And even more than the three fates, which obviously they're those they're based on the same thing, but even more than resembling them, they resemble the, uh, like the ensemble singers in Hercules that are on the pottery. The, the muses. Yeah. The muses. Thank you. Um, they resemble that to me in the way that their character is done, that they kind of show up to like, tell you what the fuck is going on. And there's kind of like a fun, crazy number yeah. around them. Like they're attitude. actually, that's true. Yeah, they oh were reminded God. me of that. Oh, I can't believe I didn't mention this. Um, this should have been like one of the first things. Fun fact for you guys. This is the first non-musical Disney movie. Yeah, weird, huh? Yeah. That blew Entirely. my mind. Like, is it? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess This it actually, is. for how shitty it did, this movie has a ton of firsts. It's the yeah, first time that a character <laughs> willingly sacrificed themselves and it and actually we see them die um it's crazy this like it was it's a movie of firsts really like like lame movie for being <laughs> for all of that I know, but i real. but i feel it, it's getting there it's right on the cusp in terms of like disney storytelling to where you're getting towards these really familiar tropes in the renaissance so i feel like they the, the three mims reminded me a lot of a lot of, of a couple things in hercules right and then like the we talked about the horrible little golem thing but he reminds me of a lot of like he reminds me of a lot of Disney sidekicks. Like Hey Hey isn't not part of this Got guy's it. legacy. You leave my precious Hey Hey out of this. Hey 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 fucking sucks for the record. But no, he doesn't, dude. I do He's not like Hey hilarious. Hey. He's my least favorite part of that movie. Oh my but god, the pig just, is my least favorite part. The pig, the pig is got than products, hey, hey. and you only see him at the end of the movie. Good, he that's where he belonged. I just they all both of them shouldn't have been in the movie. The bottom line is Moana stood on her own. She didn't need that bullshit. But the hey, hey, isn't not part of this guy's legacy, right? Like it's the, and, and the same with like the evil goblin that is with the uh, team bad guy. He reminds me a lot of the bat in Mouse Detective. Isn't it in Mouse Detective where there's the bat that works fidget. with Radigan? Yeah, Fidget. Yeah. He reminds me of a little proto Fidget, even though that's going to come out the, the, the following year. Um, Actually, he kind of does just the way he acts and like he's he's jumping around and shit and he's kind of like all over the place yeah it's like his character not his look right yeah. and the same with the the three mims and stuff i'm really feeling like we're getting like even princess what's her face Ilanwe. yeah sure like her attitude <laughs> um i can see a little bit of jasmine there like you can see them getting yeah. towards things that are going to become really familiar to us and it's interesting seeing them swing and miss so hard, but it's like one of those things. It's like failure is part of success. Like they well, eventually turned this yeah. into something that wasn't terrible. 
and I'm excited to get into the Renaissance and be able to look back at this stuff and be like, hey, remember, like, remember yeah. Proto Gaston all the way back in Mr. Toad? Remember that yeah. guy? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. Yeah. In the, not in Mr. Toad, though. He was in the, um, no, he the was in one. Wind in the Willows. It's Brom. No, it was, he, not Wind in the Willows. That's Mr. Toad. He was in the, the Headless Or I'm sorry. Yeah. The Headless Ichabod. The Ichabod. Ichabod. Ichabod Crane. Yeah, so I'm excited to get to look back on Hey, we don't do this professionally, guys. Okay, cut us some slack. It's fine, whatever. I have been clear from episode one. I don't know what anybody (laughs) is called, and I'm not going to try. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, I mean, we just called that guy Gaston. At least I did when we, right? I was like, yeah, Gaston. Like, so (laughs) it'll be fun to look back on that. And it's interesting to see them get so close in this because every character in this bears a little bit of a resemblance to somebody else uh, that will come later. And you can see Disney like getting there. Um, and we're, we're starting to have a different kind of movie. And it's like insane to see that in this fucking garbage pile. And I wonder what we will glean from Mouse Detective watching it with a critical eye and how much of it is going to be setting up st- other stuff later on. Um, Oh yeah, like you know, what other crazy closer, shit we're gonna see? Yeah, what does yeah. that look like as they get closer as a creative team to being able to make something like The Little Mermaid? So it's cool because we're only three years, four years out from Mermaid at this point. So at this point, yeah, we are. Yeah, in the timeline, so we're it's really cool to see Disney starting to figure out this kind of storytelling, and yet this is the worst storytelling fucking ever. What the hell is going on in this movie, Scott? Dude, I honest to god, I can't tell you. Why didn't they do any character building or world building? Like why? Oh, there wasn't. The, the only character building that we have is that Taran wants to be a hero. Oh my God. He's got the chance to be your hero. Oh, fuck. The movie's over. Like that, <laughs> that literally is exactly how it goes down. That's exactly how it goes down. He literally, I want you guys to understand this. As far as heroes journeys go, this kid does not have one because he I want you guys to follow me on this, please. All he had to do was keep the pig safe. Instead, he started daydreaming. The pig got kidnapped. He has to go rescue the pig. He inadvertently rescues Ilanwi and Fluter Flem, who Fluter Flem actually was really funny in this movie. I loved him. And I love how his heart like like, (laughs) tells tattles on him. When he lies, it breaks a string. (laughs) I thought that shit was really funny. Um, but you guys know me. I love like random stupid noises or whatever. Like I thought the fair, the fairy that like continually just kept getting angry when he was trying to fix shit. That was hilarious to me. Well, they also felt like they were out of a much later made Disney movie to me. They didn't feel like they were part of this movie at all. I was like, oh, I, I mean, and I can't even think of one where I think they would belong, but it just felt like they were from a movie made much later. It kind of felt like they were like, hey, I animated this. Cool. We can throw that in there. They were so, but they were, they had a lot of personality, right? Like they felt like goofy, like Timon and Pumbaa style characters <laughs> almost. Like, I don't know. Was... They were the like comedic sidekick thing. But like, here's where everything again falls apart. Tarin finds this magic sword that we get no fucking explanation on why Nothing. it's in the Horn King's castle nothing literally nothing and so the fairies are like bruh we can like we can show you where i know you're laughing because of south park right now (laughs) um 
we can show you exactly how to find the cauldron. And so they go to the marshes of Morva, which is where they find these three witches. And the witches are like, hey, we'll give you the cauldron, but you have to give us your dope-ass sword. And Tarn's like, oh, I can't. Okay, here you go. And then the fucking cauldron gets stolen again. And so everything that Tarin does in this movie is just, it is the opposite of what a hero would do. He inexplicably gives the cauldron to, well, yeah, exactly. He doesn't do, he doesn't do anything except honestly help the horned king because the horned king would have never found the cauldron if Tarin hadn't fucked up. I mean, I barely even tracked like what was going on with that and like what happened to the like I cannot tell you what happens to the pig. I don't know. Oh, we don't know. That's the whole thing. I felt like I missed something. Did that just not get followed up on? No, it doesn't get followed up on. They find her, they have her she is basically in the cave when they meet the fairies. He leaves her with the fairies, and the fairies are like, We'll make sure she gets home. And I'm like, Why, dude? The horn king is still fucking looking for her. Yeah, what is going on? If home was a good place to be during all of this, why didn't you stay there? And so, okay. Backing us up on his story, who do you think his parents are? Why is he with this guy? Who is the guy that he's with? Does it matter? Is there anything there? No, that's the thing. We get no explanation to why this kid is alone no. or with this crazy old man. Okay. So that I feel like was lifted just directly out of Sword in the Stone. I kind of think it was. Like this was the same setups to Sword in the Stone, which was like another shitty xerography movie from Disney, right? So I'm like. I, I mean, so I love Sword in the Stone because I think it's funny, but yes, it is in, in the grand scheme of it's things. Objectively bad. It we is objectively bad. It is objectively bad. We gave up poor reviews. It's not a good movie. No, it isn't. <laughs> but like, so the setup was really weird and his whole thing is like, okay, I am not just going to be like a pig keeper and that's not who I am. But what they don't set up is any kind of chosen one arc or anything to tell us like why he feels like this, except that like he craves adventure, which like, okay, fine. So he wants adventure. Great. Like we could, I guess I can accept that, but it seems like this is his whole, like, am I a pig dude or not is like, his whole identity, even though like it should be resolved that like, well, the pig was special and that's why you were like, it was about the pig, not you. Right. But he has this moment in the jail where it's like, he's been trying to say the whole movie, like I'm a hero, not a pig keeper. Right. And oh, he meets yeah. the princess in the jail and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just a, I'm just a pig boy. Like it's oh, all yeah. good. I'm just a pig keeper. And I'm like, well, that feels like it should have been like a really big character moment where you were like, no, I am just what I am and I'm not special. And like that seemed like it. I'm like, yep. is there something here? But no. And then at the end, after having said the whole movie, basically, the, after the first sign of danger, right? He was like cocky and he's like, I'm a hero. Mm-hmm. First sign of danger. He was from then on. He's like, no, nah, I'm just a pig guy. I just he's like, bro, I want to get the fuck out of here since the very beginning and then he has this like character moment about accepting that at the end and i'm like you we've been there dude 
We've been, I've been accepting that since the second you stepped out into the woods with the pig and you said, fuck, what am I doing here? You lost this pig. We were like, you're not fucking special, man. And that's what he's been saying ever since. It's just like, God, no, I was so wrong. I should turn back. He's is what he's been saying. I've never been more wrong in my life. From like the moment that the, the, the pig got stolen. And then at the end, it's this big character moment where he's like, I don't need the sword. I'm just a pig boy. And it's like, we know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No one is arguing with you about that shit. Like it's, yeah, oh what? My God. it was just so weird. I was like, so we're just not going to tell a story. Also, can, can we talk about just how absolutely stupid the witch's plot is here? Like they're, they're little, like we'll trade you this dope ass magic sword for the black cauldron holy shit like you guys got the black cauldron to work but actually now it's inert again uh we'll give you this magic sword for the black cauldron that we can't use like what the fuck why why wouldn't you just say like here take it why why not just help them why go through the whole rigmarole of trading there is no plan it just just doesn't make sense no nothing's happening no it literally just doesn't make any fucking sense i honestly and you just explained it and i don't i don't get it it's just it's it's so ridiculous so i don't even know about all that i just thought the whole plot was ridiculous and this whole time there's like all this shit happening and none of it has to do with the only interesting character in the whole fucking movie which is the bad guy um who is also maleficent oh yeah i saw your note about that what who where where, what are we talking about here the dragons they oh, just like her. There's like yeah. a million of these like black and purple dragons flying around. I'm like, bitch, where did you come from? <laughs> like, I so I thought that was a weird like design to reuse. It was so random. It well, and they're like they're just these small wyverns. And then I'm like, why the fuck? He's got an army. Why does he need the cauldron? I well, I'm like why how does any of this exist i mean i think one of the reasons that it's such a bad fantasy adaptation like you were saying in the beginning is that like it's not doing any world building here it's not explaining no the only thing that gets explained is where the the cauldron came from is this evil king got struck down and his spirit refused to die and so they bound his spirit in a cauldron that could resurrect the dead which that power makes no sense to me why yeah. is that of someone so evil? Just why? Why? <laughs> and like, why a cauldron? Why wouldn't you make it a fucking sword or a hammer or something? Well, like, we don't, don't know anything about this world. So who knows? Exactly. You know, maybe it was so it could hide in that giant pile of cauldrons. Like there's just, there's just a ton of random shit existing and nothing to set it up. And we're just tossed into it. And it's like, all we get is that clunky exp- exposition in the beginning, and it really just does the bare minimum to sh- tell really us who does. the bad guy is. Like, I don't know what the like, and I'm not expecting this from all my Disney movies, but the political structure. I mean, usually we do actually get this in a Disney movie. Anything that has a princess, we're getting a political structure, right? We're getting explanations about the war they're in, why who they're fighting, where Alonway is from. Like, yeah, yeah, we don't have. Any, she doesn't seem to have any 
authority over anything except for fucking our protagonist here. And I just, uh, and rightly so, she's obviously the more capable. She has a magic that's like totally unexplained. She's like, it's my fucking bobble thing. It's it's a flashlight when we need it. Don't worry oh, about yeah, it. Oh yeah, dude, that was the other, I'm like, back again the f- after this once for any reason. So, this can't be a fairy because we just met the fairy folk. So what the fuck is that? It's, it's, it's just plot convenience. It's just, they needed a light to get out and I, it's nothing. It's all nothing. And I feel like it could be something if some of it got explained and, and if there was like character development again, but if they had some world building and character building, like, sure. I, you could make a story out of this that isn't like absolute dumpster fire, but probably this kind of makes me want to read the book. I'm going to be honest with you. Like it, because I just want to know, like what should this have been? Or like, are there elements from this that are just like bastardized from the book? Like, is there a basic like skeleton that it follows? Well, I do know for a fact that the main villain in the movie is actually just more like a lieutenant in the book. He's not the main bad guy. So I do know that for a fact. And this is that the main focus of the movie is actually based on the second book in this series. The second one is called the black culture. And the first one is just called the, the Chronicles of Prydain. And that's the world that they live in is the world of Prydain P R Y D A I N. Which there's that's there's no way that's said at any point in the movie. Uh, it said like one time in the very fucking beginning. Dalbin's like, it will destroy all of Prydain. And I'm like, why? Why does he want to do this? Who is he? What is this? Who's the king? And what? who's in charge? And who are you? Yeah, yeah none of it made any fucking Who sense. is he at war with? And why are there not soldiers at this guy's castle? If the castle's so run down, what the fuck? But if the Horn King is so strong, why don't we see him do other shit? Because, and this is, I'm going to lead this right into our like rating and like the villain rating and shit. Um, they do, the one thing in the story that they do very well is set up the absolute terror that this entire country feels about the Horned King. Yeah, this guy was cool. I like him. This dude was fucking sick. Yeah. I want to know more about what his deal is and like how he got to be so terrifying and why he, we have no idea. I didn't even totally get why he, well, I guess he wanted the cauldron to raise the dead, right? To raise the dead, to destroy all mankind, which that was pretty badass. Like I was like, all right, that's terrifying. Like I'm kind of behind that shit. And he's been collecting dead bodies and skeletons and shit all these years. Yeah, that was cool. They throw you in the cauldron and you, uh, and then they throw that horrible thing into the cauldron. That was great. Gurgi. Gurgi, yeah, he sacrifices himself. It was great. I wish, I wish it had stayed, stayed that dead. way. Yeah, I really wish he'd stayed dead. But um, yeah, the bad guy was very cool. I was way more into him than I was anything else in this, and I really didn't like any of his. I've waited like, this entire podcast to hear you say that. <laughs> what that he was my favorite part of this? Yeah, that any villain we've ever discussed was your favorite part. Oh, of. totally, totally. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll see other times where that happens we'll have to find out but yeah in this one for sure he's the best part um probably in sleeping beauty too 
That's true. I will yeah. give you that one. Yeah, Maleficent's definitely the best part of that movie. But there's a lot of good things about that movie, so it doesn't stick out as much. As in Guys, this one she denied me more it. info on The Forsaken. Okay, that's how little she loves the villains. I want you to Maybe know I had to do all of, of my... Barely. I had to do all of my own research. <laughs> more or less. And then I had to bring it to her, and then she's like, I'm so glad you're out this part! Like, da-da. I'm like, I'm not. I just looked it up on Wikipedia, and she's like, fuck! Read the fucking book. I'm... Yeah. Any hoodles. I can't wait to see Semarag on screen. I anyway, Will of Time is a thing that continues <laughs> to exist. Um, but yeah, no, the bad guy was for sure the best part of this. He was super cool, and I think that there should have been a lot more of him, first of all. But this is where I kind of get why there is some chatter about this being a good option for a live action. I haven't heard anything that says that they're considering actually doing it, but Every now and then an article pops up that's like Disney movies that nobody thinks about that they should remake. Like instead of remaking the ones that we already know every single word of, um, this is something they actually should do again. And the Black Cauldron is always on that list. And watching this, I'm like, yeah, because this doesn't have to suck, but it has to have more time and it has to be. Oh, yeah done by people who know what the fuck is going on. And I'm going to give it a little bit of a break, not in my ratings by any means, but in my overall ire for it by saying that like, you can see where Disney is creatively getting there. And where I honestly believe this is an example of, of like failing up like this movie fucking almost destroyed the Disney company, but so did almost every other Disney movie that we were fair. Yeah. We didn't, they didn't hit, they call it the golden age, but genuinely just about every movie that we have covered for Disney has almost bankrupted them. Yeah, Disney succeeded with like snow white, Cinderella. Not very Mary good. Poppins, Mary Poppins. Yeah. There's a Disney's had very few like, Oh my god, we made a bunch of money on this. Yeah, movie. Just I think Dalmatians actually made money. I'm pretty right? sure it did too. There's a few, yeah. There's there, but half the movies that we talk about were like, and the Disney company almost failed, and then this brought it back from the brink. And like, Disney's been on the brink of collapse since it started. As we go through the timeline, and so I don't even think that we can like that. That doesn't make this special. I guess is what I'm saying, and you can see so much of the creative process moving towards what they're going to do just a few years later in the renaissance that i'm kind of going to give it a little bit of a break but i think you could take this story and do it with people who know how to write and with like some dope special effects and like an additional hour and uh this could be not the worst thing ever as a pg-13 live action movie i honestly would kind of be okay i would like if someone if if they announced it tomorrow that hey guys we're gonna do a live action uh, Chronicles of Pradane. I'd be like, okay, let's fucking see this. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, here we go. They would. I would actually be pretty Cauldron stoked about it. For, no, they would. They would probably. They, they would. would probably call it Pradane. For what? No, I think for whatever nostalgia or just reference point, like I've heard that before, value that the Black Cauldron has, they'd call it the Black Cauldron. Guarantee you, there's dollars behind that. Nobody knows what the fuck Perdane is. It would have to be like, did you know this was a remake of the Black Cauldron? Like they, they'll call it the Black Cauldron. There's dollar signs behind that door. They'll definitely do that if they ever remake it. Why did you make them sound so pretentious to you? Think, yeah, this is a remake of the Black Cauldron. Like, because <laughs> you, because that's totally. I know, but that's exactly yeah. Do that and you know it, and like that's <laughs> like. Um, but, anyway, um. <laughs> 
because that's how we talk scott <laughs> so fun i know um <clears throat> to kind of tie a couple other things together in the vein of using uh disney constantly being on the brink of collapse um and bringing it a little bit back around to michael eisner i don't know how many of you guys know this but if disney had stayed the course on its failures because of michael eisner in 2003 and 2004 they were literally fighting tooth and nail to stop comcast from buying them i just just i want you guys to understand that we would not have the disney movies that we have right now but even beyond that we would not have the mcu the way we have it now probably wouldn't have it at all honestly um we i'm being facetious but we would thankfully not have the star wars sequels oh calm down calm down would you like to have star wars on screen scott or no would you prefer no you're going to get your Obi-Wan show. I'm so excited. The movies anyway, are not right, that okay. bad. You are increasingly not invited on those reviews. I'm like, I am not going to have a sit down and shit on those to death. I'm not saying they're Why? Good. That's what we're doing for Harry Potter. Well, oh, totally. But like, we're. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's something you like. I'm not. And now we no, are allowed to shit on it. We're, no, I mean, we can shit on it, but we're not going to like deny its existence in the canon. Like, no, I will <laughs> do that myself. I'm not going to do that for you guys. I obviously, I have a almost professional duty to review these movies with a just about not biased eye, which I yeah. fail every time. Um, <sighs> Star Wars hate is the worst kind of hate. I, just... I know. God, we went over this. Oh, my uh, God. Anyway. I, as a treat for um, you guys, I will post the thread of me making Lindsay think that I didn't know what the Borg were. It was, was literally funny. like, that was so fucking funny. Any hoodles. I have a couple more fun facts for you guys before we get to ratings. And a lot of them actually are um, really impressive to the time. Um, one of the writers, David Jonas is also a production illustrator and he worked on films such as another movie that's coming up on our list indiana jones and the last crusade but he also worked on the illustrate or like the production for airplane and ironically enough our movie from last week he worked on back to the future too so it was weird for me to watch this movie knowing that and be like Dude, this guy must have had no voice in the production of this movie. Yeah. It just like it sucks, but that's like that's what it is. The writing is really a big part of the problem here. I mean, the animation is shit as well, but Well, okay, so <laughs> with the animation, here's another form of us recycling shit. In the beginning of the movie when Dalbin is like, "Bring Henman over here. I've got to show you her magic powers that she has without any explanation." Why is that a part of this movie? I, I know. Anyway, go on. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand the plot. <laughs> yeah. When he um, when he starts spinning the water and uh, there's all these like weird, creepy images coming up and then like there's a horned rider on a horse and there's like bats and shit flying up. All of those images are images used from the Night on Bald Mountain sequence from 1940s Fantasia. Which is so weird, right? Like that's, yeah, 1940. 
why are we doing this? I don't understand. It's been 45 years. Why are you using that animation? Like how, and also what does that say about what's happening at the Disney company that you can seamlessly put in your animation from 1940 into your 1985 film and have it be fine? Like, mm-hmm. come on. And we you progressed guys are in not... absolutely no way. That, yeah, well, and and the thing is that, of course, they had. They had just since cheapened up and, and Disney, I cannot wait to get into Little Mermaid so that we can talk about the the total 180 that the Disney company takes in saying, finally, making cheap movies is not the way for us to make money. Like we have to make movies that that are expensive, but also that look good and no shade to Sleeping Beauty. But that's why it failed. It was too different. And it would be like trying to make Spider-Verse 15 years ago. People would have been like, what the shit am I looking at? Oh, I know. They would have shit their pants. It was way too creative. You can make a movie like that now, like with the kind of the way that it was animated. Um, But it flopped then, but it was super, super expensive. And then with Little Mermaid, they figure out how to make one that is really, really expensive, but it looks good to the audience that it's being presented to. Like people loved it. And they, thank God they eventually figured that out because for the longest time here, they were like, do it cheap, do it shitty. Disney will be fine. And it's like, nah, you guys have to put out high quality shit. That's what Disney's about since the Renaissance. Well, and that's indicative of the future that Michael Eisner would create for Disney. So, right. Which is why we kind of like Katzenberg, right? Cause Katzenberg was like one of the more, like the guys closer to the creative ground on it. And Eisner. Yeah. Eisner was like evil, but he presided over the Renaissance. (laughs) So it's hard to know. I don't know. Eisner was just like, Anyway, this is also the first one that's not a musical. There's just it is like the first one that's what? Not a it's really? crazy. Yeah. I feel like we've had movies before where we've been like, this isn't a musical. But no. what they have one song, they have Little April Showers, so it's a musical. Oh god, I know. Yeah. It is right? fuck Bambi, dude. Guys, seriously, I have gone. <sighs> I'm like, is Bambi right, a I got, musical? I got that I on my system. It is a musical yeah. and I what are the other ones that we said were not? What about the rescuers? I guess that we do sing a song in the rescuers, yeah, don't they? They, do. they sing one, but it's like a they technically um, sing two. Um, it's the rescue me song at the beginning, and then it's the uh, the rescuers anthem and shit. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly. But it's yeah. not done like it's a musical, right? No, it definitely in, like, doesn't. You don't get that kind of vibe. And this one, there's literally no place for if you guys want to watch a movie. Um, um, that's a mu- an animated musical um, in this kind of setting go watch a movie called The Princess and the Goblin no thank you some Dude, that, shit. it's not that movie's awesome and it has some great songs in it and it's one of my sister's favorite movies I have <laughs> I just remember being creeped out by that I, it, it, well, I mean there are creepy parts but of uh, Anastasia a lot of what was in this movie reminded me of Anastasia which was a Bluth film it was. Um, yeah. Did but, you know she's technically a Disney princess now? Which is like, it, it is a thing that I knew. Um, and also, I'm going to force you to to uh, distinguish between being a princess who is the IP is owned by Disney and being part of the Disney princess line. Is she in the official She is Disney not part princess of the Disney line? princess line because she okay. did not become acquired until Disney bought their portions of Fox. Okay. Well, that's what I mean. I'm she like, also yeah, has not had a princess be... ceremony. Yeah, she has. She is not officially. I just want to be clear. 
Yes, we have the to listeners to whom that here, is guys. important. She is not a, a coronated <laughs> Disney princess. However, she's My a princess bad. whose IP is owned by Disney. Indeed, there's a difference, Scott. It's an important dis- distinction. Well, here's another important distinction for you. And I actually thought this was crazy. Remember how I said that this was a movie of firsts? This is Mm. the first movie to use the now infamous and now classic Walt Disney Pictures logo. Everybody should know what I'm talking about. It's the blue background with the white castle and the star goes over it. Mm -hmm. This movie is the first one to ever use that. Yeah, exactly. And it would go on to be used for 21 years the very first time that it was replaced by the CGI version was Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest in 2006. What a pile of shit to produce your CGI. Fuck you. Logo. That's one of the best movies ever Dude, made by human beings whatever. that like fish. Whatever on Pirates. Whatever on everything after the first Pirates. But anyway, it's how I feel about Transformers too. I'm like, yeah, give me one of those movies and pretend the rest don't actually that's one where i'm being a total hypocrite because i'm like none of the rest of it exists there are no other transformers movies Do you guys see why this works so well yeah it's total (laughs) hypocrisy i am just all right i'm calling myself out fine you can you can you can come on the star wars episode and complain oh i was gonna be there anyway I don't know who you're going to do that without me. Like, wait, is Scott going to be there? No. Well, why the fuck would we do that? Like, no, fuck you. I'm going to bring in, I'm going to bring in like Peyton. I'm going to bring in someone who's never seen this shit before. Just can say, we please, Peyton, movie. if you're listening, please come on. Like I, I want to watch this from, or I want to, I want to review these from the perspective of somebody who does not have the objectivity that I have. And I mean that sincerely. Did you just like, call your feelings about Star Wars objective? Yes. Oh, no, honey, no. There's so much emotion involved. I know. In that. That's not. No. I know. I'm trying to keep it cool. Aw, that's that's sweet that you think you can be objective about Star Wars. Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah. So my last little fun fact for you guys. Now that we've finally gotten almost. Wait, back I have track. a question. Whoa. Yes. I have a fun fact question. So Pirates of the Caribbean something produced the first CG logo, but who produced the first, um, like the way that it is now where sometimes the castle's different and then you like go out through the the river and it looks super dope. And every time it comes on, I'm like, be a different castle, be a different. And like, sometimes it's not. It was pirates, Pir- dead man's chest. They did so it that if, way. Yeah. Oh, so if you right, pay pirates. attention, the pirate ship in the water is the black pearl. And if if I remember correctly, I believe it's firing on the castle. I assume that was Peter Pan. That would have been dope. But it was but originally. Sometimes but... it's like a like wasn't it in Mulan? It was like a Chinese style castle. Like sometimes they change it, or was it yeah. different in Frozen and Entangled? I might be making this up. Is it different sometimes? No, I actually remember there are there are little things added here and there. I want them to make it different every time and the castle be like something that reflects the movie that's being made. Yeah. I know they do it in Cinderella because that is Cinderella's castle because it just fades into her castle. Oh yeah. Definitely. Well, yes. But I think that all openings of all things and opening credits and theme songs and all of the things we should just agree as a society that Game of Thrones did it best, and it is okay to plagiarize it. Like we should all just oh, 100%. say, "Oh, hundred percent." I'm behind fine. you all the way. Yeah, I, I will commend and applaud 
and and assist in any way the person who wants to first normalize this because every creator is terrified to be the first one to just say fuck it we're doing a map like make it different every time have a change be dynamic and make it a map like that's what game of thrones was right and it's like the change and like seeing what's different about it like that's what's fun right and I will really applaud the first person to break that seal because everybody's scared to do it. And I think all it's going to take is one person before I think we Lord all of the Rings have a should do fucking it. map. You know what? Lord of the Rings should do it. Be bold, Bezos. You got Thanks. the money. You got, this is like a billion dollar show. Fuck Game of Thrones. You take it, make it your own. Just normalize the map opening. Anyway, Handmaid's Tale. You know how much we're we're pausing and taking screenshots and zooming in on like there's a map. I don't because I don't watch that show. I don't know if we've ever covered this before, but I don't. We We have have covered covered it, and I choose to ignore it that you haven't seen it and just speak to the greater populace who I know knows what I'm talking about. The maps in the last season. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, the maps made me feel a lot better because I used to get super pissed that she was able to like go on foot from Boston to Canada. Well, no, she would. It's the show takes place in Boston. They're trying to flee to Canada all the time. And it's always like seems like that's plausible or like they drive up a couple hours and it seems like it's plausible to then cross on foot to fucking Canada. And I'm like from Boston and I'm like, that's not how this works. And th- but then you see the maps and it's like, oh, the borders moved because of the war. Anyway, um, Handmaid's Tale is really good. You should watch it. Uh-huh. Tell me what you gave this. <laughs> what did you rate this movie? So I gave this movie a two out of ten and it only got a two because honestly like it just played on my nostalgia a little bit i just it was one of those movies like i wanted to see it when i was a kid because i remember seeing it like once or twice and i was like dude i remember there was this like really cool creepy movie um but no i i cannot be i cannot forgive just the horrendous storytelling in this i can't i can't do it guys i'm sorry yeah it was bad it just nothing gets explained there's so many fucking plot holes here there i didn't walk out of this feeling like first of all the movie just fucking ends is tarn going back to his life as a pig farmer or like a pig he doesn't need to be now does he go along with ilanwi well do they still have to protect the pig like the pig went home does he have to go back to nobody knows yeah we have no fucking clue no, we and don't I'm know just, what the I'm political done. ramifications are. We don't know what. No, it just it just ends, and by the time it's over, it's like such a good ridden situation that it's like I didn't even think about those. Exactly. Well, that's the problem. Is I did because you look at the end of this, and they're all just standing together, looking at a bright new world, and it's like, okay, but where where do we go from here? <laughs> I I hated it too. I gave it a one out of ten. Um, shame on you, Disney. This was terrible, but also I do want to rein it in a little because I, re- I again I think that creatively, um, they're working. It has potential. It well, you can see the bones of of what's to come. You know yeah. that's what's important. So I think this was a necessary trip, or yeah. like a, a necessary stumble for them. Exactly, I think so too. It's hard to blame them because you know you got to do a. This is like the first pancake of the Renaissance. I really feel like even though there are still. Uh, two movies left because we're not doing Oliver and Company, right? It's Mouse Detective and Oliver and Company yeah, before Mouse Little Detective. Mermaid now. So yeah, there, there are two movies out from the Renaissance. So for sure, this is like one of the first pancakes and I'm glad we did it just to see those ties and like see what it looks like going into 
mouse detective and you know as they get closer mouse detective is going to look a little bit better than this um but it's still going to be xerography so we'll see i gave the villain a 2.8 though just for sheer creep factor but i couldn't quite reach the three in fact i had it higher and i brought it down i was like no it's not good i had it a little higher but no I, I gave him a uh I gave him a four and a half out of out of ten. And honestly, it's because it is really high, but I'll tell you why. Is like he genuinely was a terrifying villain. And another again, because we keep talking about firsts, he's the first villain that doesn't chide his or like make jokes at his prisoners. He's like, Look at you. You tried to be the hero and now you're chained. He's just like, shut up. <laughs> Like, I'm going to fulfill my plan. He doesn't waste time. Yeah, he's more evil for evil's sake than Maleficent. Like, exactly. this guy has no character. And he's really not supposed to. He just, just like a creepy evil dude. Like, he's, he, he is, uh, and it's, you know, in a, in a story with no character building or world building, it's the character that's not trying that is the best. Yep. Like, if you're just not going to do it, cool it's the guy who is really embracing that that i am attracted to in this movie exactly yeah everybody else's weak attempt is (laughs) is just terrible like i don't understand our protagonist just the whole movie he's like yeah no i'm nobody and at the end he's like no i've realized that i'm nobody and it's like right yeah we know like we were behind you this whole time dude god yeah i was like i never thought you should have left home it seemed like home was a good spot with merlin or whatever so Anyway, this was terrible. Um, Scott, take us out of here. I would love to take us out of here. And actually, I'm taking us out of here because Lindsay will not be here next week, guys. It's true. I won't. I'm going to be on a tr- on vacation. On a treep. Uh, but yeah, as always, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We do hope that you enjoyed yourselves and maybe learned something. I don't know. Maybe you learned how to write a good story. <laughs> um. But yeah, join us next week for Top Gun. I'm going to be with Andrew. We're going to be discussing all of the military fun that is Maverick and Iceman and Goose. Uh, Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links for those on our sites and our social media in the episode descriptions. I almost said below like this is a YouTube video, but whatever. It's not. It's not. It's manifesting. Yeah, I am. Uh, but if you would like to support the podcast, we do encourage you to follow us on Patreon and check out our website for all of our timeline goodies, past, present, and future. But until next time, guys, stay nerdy. See you next time. <laughs>